Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Teach us more about you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read about the resurrection in John chapter 20 today. Mary Magdalene was the first to the tomb and saw he wasn't there. In this rendition of the resurrection, she was not accompanied by anyone and there was no angel to tell her he had risen, at least during this first encounter with the tomb. She went immediately to Peter and John and told them he was gone. They ran to the tomb and Peter went inside. Of course, Jesus was gone. He saw the burial napkin that was rolled up in a place by itself. This is representative of a Jewish custom that meant he was coming back. When an owner of an estate ate his dinner, he would signify whether he was done with his meal or if he was coming back to eat more by the way he laid his napkin on the table. If it was folded up, he was coming back. So Peter saw this sign Jesus left for him. This is a most exciting time that we read about. Jesus is alive once again and always will be. We can praise him today for his commitment to be sacrificed for you and me. When everyone had left the tomb, Mary stayed, and we read she was sobbing by the tomb. Here is where the angels appeared to her. One was standing by where Jesus' head would have been, and the other standing at his feet. They asked her why she was sobbing. Immediately, Jesus appeared. Initially, she didn't recognize him, but when he said her name, she did. Jesus is with us today, just as he was with Mary at the tomb. We may not see him or recognize him close to us, but he is. Let us pause for a moment and listen for him calling our name and worship him. The first thing Jesus said to his disciples when he saw them was, Peace to you. Then he said it to them again. We read he came to them eight days later and his first words were, Peace to you. Jesus came to offer us peace. Let us fully receive the peace he meant for us to have. Let's see what we can learn about the early church in Acts chapter 6. The number of believers continue to increase in the church, and as we know, with expansion comes new issues. There was a complaint that some widows weren't being properly taken care of. Remember, everyone was to be cared for in the church by the church. The apostles knew this wasn't their area to be working in. They were gifted to pray and teach the gospel of Christ. Just as Moses eventually needed leaders to hear the troubles of the people and God instructed him to choose leaders, the apostles needed leaders to ensure everyone was taken care of equitably as well. So they selected seven men. One of these men was Stephen, who operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He did many miracles, and of course, jealousy arose among some of the Jewish leaders. They instigated an effort to have him arrested by calling for false witnesses to testify that they saw Stephen saying things against the law of Moses. He was brought before the Sanhedrin council. Let us be wary of jealousy and ask God to keep us far from this temptation and sin. We tend to look at others and wish we had what they did, whether it be their possessions, faith, their blessings, their station in life, and the list goes on. Let us be extraordinarily thankful for all that we have been blessed with and the journey we are in, for it is determined by God himself. Let us surrender our feelings and emotions to the Lord and ask him to deliver us from all evil, including jealousy. He will answer our prayers. Well, let's see what's happening in First Chronicles chapter 21 and 22. We see that Satan has stirred up David's spirit here in this chapter, and David wanted to count his people. Up to this point, the Lord's hand was upon David and his men as they fought war after war in victory. David had no need of determining the strength of his army because God was his strength. 
but now he wanted to count them. It was prideful, and it was a sin. Joab, his first-in-command, pointed out the sin in doing this, but David wanted to do it anyway. And this is how the enemy works. He puts thoughts in our heads, thoughts that go against the Lord. It is up to us to pray about and make sure we are led by God and not by the enemy. The Lord is our strength, not the circumstances or people around us. We see here that God was displeased with David's reliance on people. When David repented, he gave David three choices, three years of famine, three months of his enemies winning in the devastation of war, or three days of pestilence. David chose the latter. 70,000 men died because of this pestilence. There was an angel sent to destroy Jerusalem. He was seen by David with a sword in his hands. David prayed God would harm him and his family and not the people of Jerusalem. God stopped the angel from further harm. The angel instructed Gad the prophet to tell David to make an altar on the field of a Jebusite man. This man saw the angel before he saw David coming to him. David asked him for the land and demanded that he pay for it so the plague on his people would be averted. David built an altar to the Lord and offered both burnt and peace offerings. God answered him with fire from heaven and commanded the angel to put his sword back into its sheath. In chapter 22, we read that David started to prepare the land he bought from the Jebusite for God's temple, which would be built by Solomon. He made all the preparations for this house, including saving gold, silver, bronze, iron, timber, and stone. We read about David telling his son Solomon that he will build God's temple. David had deeply desired to build a temple for God, but God told him he had killed too many people. Too much blood had been shed by his hands, but God still had a plan. His plan was to give him a son who would be peaceful. In fact, his name, Solomon, means peaceable. God promised to give peace to Israel while Solomon was king. God had a plan before Solomon was born to make him king, and not just make him king, but his days were numbered to be a king of peace. God would give him peace all around him. Imagine that. God had worked out all the details. He had all the details worked out for the man who would build him a temple, his temple, a temple Jesus would eventually teach in. This man had to be a man of peace, according to God. Let us be thankful to know God is working in all the details of our lives, just as he worked in all the details of the lives we read about in his word. This is an especially beautiful chapter to read as we see the hand of God working through the hourglass of time. Let's see what Solomon has to teach us about wisdom in Proverbs chapter 27 today. This chapter is full of nuggets of wisdom. Verse 1 is one I need to be reminded about often and says, Do not boast of yourself in tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring forth. Are you someone who makes plans? I know I am, so I need to be reminded God's plans come first. His plans are right, and I need to check in with him about my plans to make sure they are in alignment with his. A good reminder for us today. Verse 4 says, Wrath is cruel and anger is an overwhelming flood, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Just as Jesus was crucified because of jealousy, let us pray against it. It is worse than wrath and anger, according to Solomon. Verse 18 says, Whoever tends the fig tree shall eat its fruit, so he who patiently and faithfully guards and heeds his master shall be honored. We are encouraged to do our work and be patient and faithful in doing it. God honors those who keep moving in the face of difficulty and distress. Many people quit when things get tough. Let us press in and make sure we only quit when God says, He's done, and this does happen. There are seasons of life for a reason, and He is the maker of the seasons. So let us always ask Him to lead our path. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us that you work in all the details of our lives. Thank you for your love and care for us. Father, help us lean into you and your will for us. Keep us from seeking what we need from the world, but help us find all we need in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.